0: And now, The Low Post.
1: Welcome to The Low Post podcast on a Monday afternoon, a lovely Monday afternoon here on the East Coast, where it was another strange and interesting weekend in the National Basketball Association. We focused on the East at the end of last week with the great Doris Burke. We're going to go West this week, which means it's time for Tim McMahon. How you doing, sir? Howdy, partner. Doing all right. It is always a
2: pleasure to jump on here
1: beautiful forest green background just love the forest green background i got to see i got the same color in my in my office
2: it's a great it's a yeah. great color dark everglade i'm told is the actual color oh, here. oh excuse it, me it, it it might surprise you to know that i did not have anything to do with the uh with the color choice but it is nice
1: i chose to i got to choose the color for this this room this one <laughs> you got that one room <laughs> No further comment will be made on that. Um, The biggest story of the weekend, obviously, was not really a basketball story, although Mm -hmm. it affects a basketball team that is currently number two in the Western Conference with, I thought, legitimate hopes of making a long run, perhaps as long as a finals run. And that's in Memphis, where John Morant is going to be away from the team for at least two games. And I suspect longer than that, Mm -hmm. if not much longer than that, after... um, a very early morning, not even late night, early morning. Right. Instagram live video on his Instagram live, reportedly in Denver, still after the Nuggets Grizzlies right. game there, at a strip club, uh, flashed what appeared to be a handgun. Um, we don't know. We don't know a lot of things, right? Like we don't know. We don't even know for sure if it was a real gun like we like you have to question you just have to make you just have to make sure right you just have to make sure we don't know if it was loaded. Pro,
2: uh, i'll I'll say this if it wasn't a real gun, I'm pretty sure that we'd uh, have heard by now yeah, yeah I mean Ja admitted that he royally screwed up that's says enough there all
1: right, so let's posit at that then uh we, we don't know where it came from, whose it is, where it's registered, whether it was on a plane um whether it was loaded um And if it was loaded at just how dangerous... I mean, dangerous in the most like serious and literal sense that whole situation was and and could have been. We don't know um, how long he might be suspended for if indeed the league ends up suspending him, as they have um, for many players who have been entangled in gun-related incidents before. Um, We don't know how long he's going to be away from the team. We do know, Tim, that this... A is the latest in a string mm-hmm. of at least now four known incidents of uh violence either committed or threatened or or in the, in the case of one incident with his mother at a mall uh just kind of an escalating tension situation mm-hmm. um that mm-hmm. has been reported uh and we don't we, we can go through them all later one was at a pacers game where members of the pacers thought that a um they they saw a laser pointer pointed at them from a car that Morant was in and, and assumed, and it has not been proven out. There's been no proof of it anyway, that the laser pointer came
2: from a gun. Um and but again, so- that, that that's a case where if it was just a laser pointer, it was still the point of doing that is to imply some sort of a threat after a confrontation that started during the game involving the pacers and you know, uh, Jaws' asso- associates, courtside, and then continued post game. I and mean, it's just there, there's been a lot of problematic situations, some of which have come to light. And then just you know, look. Let's just the Grizzlies now have to confront what have long been concerns developing about Jaws' lifestyle. And I honestly believe this can be a good thing. For Jaw, and a good thing for the franchise because, you know, the whole you know, covering your eyes and your ears and you can't do that anymore. The the, the time for enabling, the, I think their decision before was keep enabling or risk alienating. Well, look, it's a problem. He needs help. You have to help him as a franchise, and you're helping yourselves in, in the same way. And it's not about. Hey, you know we we're coming to discipline you, and and you know I, I think the risk of alienating isn't a factor at this point. It's Ja, we all want you to fulfill your potential. We none of us want to see you squander this unbelievable talent and opportunity. Let's work together to make sure that you are focused and can fulfill your potential of become one of the great players this league's ever seen. I think there is opportunity here for John and the Grizzlies.
1: Well, and also, um, make, make sure nothing horrible happens to anybody like in, right. in, in, in any such incident that may occur, because this is now a, a major potential safety life threatening issue. Mm-hmm. If, if weapons are involved. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I can't say that I know John Moran. I've interviewed him a couple times here right. and there. Um, The Grizzlies, even now, are wrapping their arms around him, um, Mm -hmm. and they all say almost to a person, like, he's a really good teammate. He's a really good teammate. He's a phenomenal teammate. He doesn't short... It's been told to me, like, don't let this nighttime nightclub stuff, even leaving aside the dangerous stuff, like, he's 23... And he has so far been capable until now of fulfilling all of his basketball obligations at the highest possible level. Like teammates like to play with them. That's what part of what makes this sad to me is on the court, the way he plays, the selflessness yeah. with which he plays, the edge with which he plays is exactly what you want out of a young franchise player. Obviously, off the court, it's it's somewhat of a different story. They also, It's also been told to me, and I'm, I, I don't know what you've heard, that this is—he— he, his his escapades off the floor are his and his inner circles. It's there's not a lot of other Grizzlies teammates, I think, going out with him in these situations. And that's I thought Jalen Rose just nailed this when yeah. he talked from the perspective of, you know, we're all they'll all like we're all going to hear this cliche of he's got to change the people, him, the people around him, the people around him, the people around him, the people around him. We're just going to hear that over and over again. And Jalen said, okay, well, like be that as it may, they're around you because you are the financial lifeblood now of an entire right. ecosystem and they will follow your lead. If you decide tomorrow you want to cut all this out, you never want to go out again, you want to eat healthy, whatever it is you want to do, none of those people are going to stand in your way. You are you are as he put it the breadwinner for an right. entire ecosystem now. So it is in the end kind of on him and I think, you know, you're you're right and the grizzlies are right to say maybe Maybe some good comes out of this, but it's really, it's really just—you shake your head sometimes at how fast these stories can change. Like the Grizzlies are rising fast; they're everyone's sort of darling Cinderella team. A couple that that pickup game incident at his house kind of got publicized yeah. a few months ago. Huh? That's it's not it's not awesome. It's weird. It's a, it's not quite a he said he said, but there's some facts in dispute. His agents and right. his lawyers would come out and dispute everything. And now all of a sudden, you wake up and there's this video clip, and the guy's not on the team for now. It's it's, yeah, it's, and, it's it's and and a
2: lot to wrap your head around. Well, and he did it to this one in particular. You know, this isn't a case where, hey, he's out partying the club, and someone sneaks a cell phone video. Like, dude, you you did this to yourself. You know, days after a Washington Post story that you know brought out some other facts that hadn't been reported from the uh, the, the the pickup game scrap in the aftermath of that. And then this incident at the mall, which, you know, look, and John's not the f- first and won't be the last young superstar athlete who, you know, there, there are some challenges that, that come along with, you know, wanting to, uh, you know, continue, you know, being buddies with the guys that you grew up with. And, and, you know, you've got all this money and the, and the lifestyle and, you know, what, what's, what's good fun, what's across the line, you know, uh, we've seen this in the NBA, we've seen it in the NFL, you know, I covered the Cowboys with Des Bryant and there are a lot of similarities between John ja Des, um, you know, one of which, frankly, is that I, I really like both the guys. Like I, I, I really enjoy interacting with them. I find them to be, you know, generally fun personalities, uh, obviously spectacular athletes. Um, and, you know, Des, uh, he got in a lot of trouble early in his career, and a lot of it was like he had an incident at a mall in Dallas, where there's was a confrontation with security. It was over sagging his pants, and you know, there's just all kinds of a bunch of just you know, there w- there wasn't the gun stuff with Des, but there's just a bunch of stuff, right? And Des tweeted the other day, and I'm going to replace, uh, I'm going to use the word dudes instead of a, a word that he uses here, but he says, if you know and love John Morant, put your arms around him and tell him the truth. Ja, you got a special ability. Them other dudes around you don't. And if the dudes around you loved you, it's no way you'd be flashing that gun. And, you know, it just just goes on. Basically, says, you know, he he ends up, make peace with whatever problems you're dealing with and elevate. You know, all love on this end. And again, to me, if I'm Ja, I want to listen to somebody like Jalen Rose, who can relate. He has been in your shoes to Des Bryant, very similar situations, Um, you know, to, to Steven Jackson, to Matt Barnes, these guys aren't coming to, to, you know, they're not speaking out of judgment. They're speaking out of, uh, you know, sympathy. They're speaking, Hey, I've been here. I've done things that just are way over the line. And, you know, you've you've got to figure it out. And, And really it just comes down to Ja has got to just, Slow down. Remember, what did you dream about growing up? What what are your real priorities? Were your priorities, you know, drinking Casamigos in the club until 4 or 5 in the morning on a regular basis and, you know, throwing guns around and doing? No, dude, you wanted to, you grew up wanting to be an NBA superstar winning championships. All this other stuff is not what, it, it, it can kill your dreams. It's not what you dream to be in, and and, so he, if it,
1: if, and he is ready to play exactly that role. Not just the spectacular athleticism and the highlight plays, but I mean, you talk to Taylor Jenkins as I have about Ja, mm-hmm. and it's like this dude. Hey, he he watches film. He does all the stuff you want out of a franchise he, player. Yeah, watches film. It's like Taylor once Coach Jenkins once told me uh, he'll come up to me during a game, and he'd be like, "Hey, that last play, or like ten plays ago," and he'll just describe this mental snapshot and say, what if we move that guy over there? And then that cut would open Mm -hmm. up and Taylor Jenkins would be like, damn, this dude just saw all that in the game. And I always have always said on this podcast, the best thing about him as a franchise player is he is taking everyone with him on the ride. He is not existing. He doesn't uh, monopolize the ball. He doesn't make the team stylistically about him. He'll cut off the ball. Like he'll make himself an off ball threat. Um, defense is is hit or miss, but he'll like throw himself at the rim with his arms up verticality wise like try to block shots. And my favorite thing about him is when he's on a fast break and he can go one on three because he's Joffrey and Morant, he will wait and see all right, who's yeah. behind me, who's gonna be open in the trail spot. And so that's what makes and, some and, of the- and,
2: and 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 not only will he wait and see, he will manipulate, he will shift gears, he will shift angles, he will get guys you know, to create situations where he knows, Hey, if I do this, this guy's going to come and I can get him a lob, you know, it stylistically very different players. I, I've always compared his leadership style to Damian Lillard, who I think Damian Lillard, like you can say, Hey, he hasn't been in the finals. He hasn't oh, reached. no, you're, you're talking but to the Dame, Dame true Dame believer is, right here. Dude, Dame to me is as good of a leader as there is in the NBA. Now Dame also, um, you know, from everything that I know, everything that 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 we see, Dame is also a phenomenal off-court role model, you know, family man, uh, role model. Josh just, just got to get, like, when he's at the facility, when he's at the arena, I think he's a phenomenal leader, a phenomenal teammate. Don't let the other stuff ruin it. Don't let the other stuff ruin it. Yeah, he's 23 years
1: old, very young. You hope this is a pivot point in in a good direction. And you know, look, I mean, basketball wise, we are basketball people. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. um this is the second seed in the Western Conference that's now in total disarray and it got mm-hmm. lost because of the Jaws stuff. Brandon Clark being out for the mm-hmm. season and maybe out. I mean, and he tore his Achilles, so that that's a He's, year yeah. potentially. Yeah. Is a huge, huge deal. Mm. Um, He is a fantastic two-way backup big, can Mm -hmm. play with Jaron Jackson Jr., can spot you minutes with Steven Adams if you need to. It's not ideal, but can be the only big man on the floor if you want to play him with Aldama at the four, which they do. Um, One of the league's great rim runners, floater artists, Mm -hmm. switchable on defense, can play traditional defense too, just like a a classic really good bench player slash spot starter who has proven – He's very, very playable for big minutes in the postseason. And for three, four, five years now, one of the constant Memphis things is when Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson Jr. are on the floor together, they win by a lot. They win those minutes by a lot. It's a killer combination. And Brandon Clark's come on this podcast before. He seems like a wonderful guy. I love watching him play. Best wishes to him. That is a huge, Mm -hmm. huge loss for a Memphis team that, you know, is... I've called them regular season deep, but maybe not postseason deep. And they're less postseason deep than they were mm-hmm. uh, before this. As for Ja, we got to just sort of hit the brakes on the. I, I don't. We'll see how long he's out. I think the NBA is going right. to take its time mm-hmm. figuring out what happened. I checked with uh, several experts over the weekend who say the league has pretty li- wide leeway to suspend not just players, but. Of team officials coaches whatever under the conduct detrimental to the league part of the constitution if you look back at you know everyone remembers the gilbert arenas uh Javaris crittenden thing where they got suspended mm-hmm. for huge amounts of time there have been other gun related suspensions steven action steven jackson got seven games <coughs> for firing a gun outside a strip club he pled guilty to to some yeah. criminal charges in that um uh uh Raymond Felton pleaded guilty to a weapons charge for for waving an unregistered gun at I think his estranged wife at the time he got four games so i i you know who knows how long it will be i not Well I don't you think- have
2: uh I'm sorry Ramona Ramona Shelburne and Liz Merrill just reported the police in Colorado are investigating uh basically trying to figure out if he if he's broken any gun laws so there might be some legal uh and there, a legal and situation I, here i
1: think there will be and i think it's one of the things that the nba this is this is just reported you're saying i'm not on my mm-hmm. phone right i don't have the twitter notifications right. up right now but yeah this is you know um stephen jackson pleaded guilty i'm reading an old story an old ap story to a felony count of criminal recklessness for firing a gun outside an indiana strip club and felton um Pleaded guilty to attempted criminal possession of a weapon and criminal possession of a firearm. You got four games. So the league will let right. all this take its course.
2: Well, and the league's also gonna look into where exactly and and they're gonna to try to figure out where did this gun come from? Whose gun is it? How did it get to Denver?
1: Was it in the um, work was it in what constitutes an NBA workplace, which I think is will a include plane. a plane or a bus or things of that. It won't include a right. nightclub, but it would include those things. Mm-hmm. Which is obviously right. what separated the Arenas incident, which is a lot of things separated that, but yes. in the workplace separated mm-hmm. it was one of the separators. Two people having a confrontation was another gigantic separator, the, the right. potential for just massive, horrible violence. Um, we'll see where this happens. You know, I, I I just don't even know what to predict in terms of when we will see John Moran play basketball. again.
2: Yeah. And then look, there's there's no point in speculating on that. Obviously, the, the league is is conducting an investigation. The, the Grizzlies have essentially now to be clear, the Grizzlies have not suspended him he is away from the team. He is uh, nowhere have they said suspended. Look, I will um, tell you
1: this, if he if he came to the team and said I'd like to play tomorrow, I don't think they would let him play tomorrow. So they
2: can call it they
1: can call it what they want, but technically he's not suspended, you're right.
2: Right. Is he getting paid? because uh, there's a huge difference there. Um so but Taylor Jenkins was very clear that, you know, they they announced he'd be away for at least two games and and you know, Taylor Jenkins basically said it's indefinite, like they're not putting a timetable on it. There's a lot of things that that have to be figured out, Um, in, in, including, you know, Joss said he's going to get help. You know, what exactly does that, you know, what is what kind of help? And look, they are under no obligation to, you know, make that information public. But it's certainly part of the process that uh, that they need to figure out. And, you know, again, when I talk about this being an opportunity for John and the Grizzlies to really just, you know, kind of make sure, hey, this is the right path. We're all committed together to helping you get on that path, to keeping you on that path. There's going to be some very difficult conversations and decisions that need to be made. You know, I think one easy one, John needs to have full-time security full-time security, whether it's paid for by the team or paid for by himself. And that's as much to protect him from himself and from poor decisions as it is to, you know, protect him from any other, uh, potential threats that might arise. Um, but I think that, you know, there needs to be some difficult conversations had with T Morant with Jaw's father. I think that the T Morant as a celebrity has not, it's, it's gone too far. Um,
1: and it's you know. amazing to think that that is I mean I don't know T-Morant so I don't I don't know him from a home I've never talked to him but we're like less than a year removed from T-Morant versus Carl Towns's dad being kind of like an adorable playoff trash talking yeah, dad
2: story you know but not that you could yeah I I I think T look I like T too I like T a lot but it, it, he needs to be a supportive father he doesn't need to be a celebrity, and and those two things, there might be some, you know, it might. I don't think it's possible to continue, really being this celebrity figure, and being a supportive father. And I'll just say one thing, just really bluntly. He cannot be drinking courtside at every game anymore. That, that, I'm sorry, but like when, when jaw is in this situation, that it's not a good look. It's, it's, uh, I don't you're think. Just, you're I just think saying that, from
1: op, from op, from the perspective of optics. Cause I don't, I'm it, saying doesn't, I think, it doesn't really bother me. I mean, I just, I don't think it's an awesome I'm saying work, I, think, I, we I think, what he
2: wants. I'm saying, I think that it is, is, is quite counterproductive. And I'm saying when, when T has been involved in a confrontation during the game with the Indiana Pacers where Jaw's best friend yeah, steps on the court. The court. Yeah, they're on the court. Like, come on. And then, you know, the whole Shannon Sharp thing, like not there's none of this is in any way, shape or form remotely in the best interest of John Morant, and the Grizzlies. I think that stuff needs to, needs to calm down. Uh, and then I think that they really need to have some serious conversations about, Hey, do you need to have a large traveling party separate from the team on a regular basis at road games? I think that needs to be a conversation. That's who's
1: going out. Like this is not a case yes. of Jaw and like five teammates are going out. Jaw's someone said he's kind of a lone wolf to me as a as a nighttime lifestyle guy on the team and lone wolf on yeah. the team. Like he's got his crew with him. Yeah, I I think that's all. I think that's all fair. I mean, it's like I just. I, yeah, it's how about just no? Let's not have weapons around, you know. Um, well, that
2: right. And and look, Ja, Hey, the dude has been. And look, we can go down the list of guys who've had a really good time until the wee hours of the morning on a regular basis and still produced. Jaw's on that list. He's averaging like twenty-eight and eight, right, for a tennis number two seed in the West. But man, if you're if you're trying to fulfill your potential, that drastically diminishes your odds. Living that life, it's going to be difficult, especially as a small as a small guard who relies on athleticism, to be durable, to have longevity. There, there's a lot of Allen Iverson comparisons on the floor and off the floor.
1: Well, there's there's the life, there's the late nights, which are kind of endemic to the NBA lifestyle, right? Your game ends at 10, you get out of there, you know, 30 you you're all amped up, you're a night owl. Like and If you're up at night, like if I'm up at 1130, it's midnight or one in the morning. I'm probably not. No, I'm probably there's there might be a beverage in my hand. There's like some chance Mm -hmm. that there's a beverage in my hand. That's sort of baked into the lifestyle. And there's that. And you're right that we've seen some players who rely on athleticism, who live that lifestyle. They hit 30, 31, 32, and the aging curve suddenly goes through the roof. There's that. Yeah. Then there's the gun thing. Those are separate Which, things yeah. to me. You want to be that guy who's living the life, you know, going out till three in the morning, having fun, having some drinks like cool. That's not for me to judge. Lots of players before you. Lots of players after you've done that. I lived in New York City as a single guy for a long time in my 20s. I had some late nights myself. But then there's the thing where like, oh, there are, being, there are guns being waved around. All of a sudden, all right. sorts of horrible, horrible outcomes are now being put in play. Um, We all are rooting for John Morant. We're all rooting for the Grizzlies. Mm -hmm. They are potentially one of the teams of the next five, six, seven, eight years in the NBA because in large part of moving up from number eight to number two in the lottery in the Mm -hmm. year that John Morant was the number two pick. Your team. Call 1 800 Direct TV or visit DirectTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Um, Can we talk about basketball now?
2: We sure can. Sure, uh,
1: Let's tie a bunch of things together in the Western Conference. The Grizzlies being uh, in a little, bit I'm almost tempted to be like, "Are we writing off this season for the Grizzlies?" Because it, it, it's feeling close there. We'll, we'll see. We'll just have to see where Morant comes back. But they are yeah. now only a game ahead of the Kings for the number two spot. The Suns, who you just saw in person yesterday, and boy, oh, boy, give me another Luka Booker mm. series. Give me, <laughs> and I loved what Book said will, after. Will, will I KD love
2: Kyrie as a subplot.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, seriously, KD Kyrie. I've just I. I just fine. I what I just like what right, I'd right. rather KD warriors is almost a more interesting potential subplot in the postseason to me than KD Kyrie. And we'll talk about that with Kendra later. Um Luca Booker is fucking awesome. Mm. And excuse my French, but I loved what I think book that was said, English. We, I don't know why we say it like that. Um It was English. Uh it, I, And I loved what book said after the game, when he was like, mm-hmm. you know, you guys are sitting here asking me about like, Trash talking and going nose to forehead to forehead. Have you ever have you ever gone forehead to forehead with another with another uh, w- in a argument with another person? Have you ever gone forehead uh, to forehead? I,
2: I will say not since Luke has been alive, at least. <laughs> I don't. It seems an odd way to. It seems an odd way. There's <laughs> to argue, <laughs> I don't, but I love when he was like, "You guys are well, always and, saying- and they just they both start smirking because, like, look. No one's throwing punches. They're not going to get suspended. I also just
1: can't – my brain is now broken where one of the first three thoughts that comes into my head during a thing like that is if one of you has COVID, the other one's going to get it. Can you like separate from each other a little bit? That's like very, very close. The spittle is flying back and forth. But I love when Booker was like, you guys yeah. always say, back in the day, so-and-so hated so-and-so, and everyone's buddy-buddy and AAU. Well, like, we got some real smoke here. Don't you guys? Uh-huh. Like, this is what you want to see.
2: And, I And, and, and he's absolutely right. And look, uh, Sun's fans right now are, are mad at me. I think. They are? Uh, Why? Book, I think Booker might be a little annoyed. Because I said, when it first happened, and I saw Luca very clearly say, shut the, I'm not going to make you produce work as hard as you do. Shut the bleep up. And so I tweet that and I say, Booker taunted Luca after Luca missed, you know, what would have been the the game tying layup. And then I said, well, you know, I I, I saw a replay. I said, Booker might have been uh, talking to the referee, which is an indirect taunt. People are indirect taunt. They're all mad at me. I'm like, dude, look, Luca blew a bunny that would have tied the game because he missed it. The game is over with three seconds left. Saying, that's a charge, that's a charge, that's a charge. Basically, you're saying, Luca, you're talking to the rep, but you're saying it so Luca hears you. Dude, you charged and still blew a layup, and we just won on your home floor. It's basically what you're saying. And if, if you think that's an inaccurate interpretation, trust me on this. That's exactly the way that Luca interpreted what Booker was saying very clearly. And I've got no problem with Booker doing that, right? Especially, look, you know, they there is history there. There is beef, bad blood, you know. The whole uh, Luca walking off the floor after Game Five, the Suns are up three two. Everybody acting tough when they up, and then Game Seven, the little you know looking up at Booker just smirking. Hey, that's, that's the, that
1: that photo of the smirk Hell is yeah. is the iconic is the trash talking version of the Wade Lebron Alioupe like arms out. Are you not entertained? Photo. That's how it's, good it's, that it's,
2: photo is. It's it's a a smirking version of AI's step over Tyler. Oh, I like that. I like That's that. Which doesn't. Is. I guess that does have a great still photo of it. Actually, the one where it, we're mm-hmm. seeing
1: Iverson as if he's coming right at us that angle mm-hmm. from the from the opposing from the opposite But you baseline.
2: know, Luke, so Luca was look, and hey, uh, you know, Luca. He it's funny every time there's something Luca basically he started whether he's arguing with a fan. Whether he's arguing with a Pistons assistant coach, by the whether way, he's arguing speaking, with another player. Speaking of that, do you remember when you and I
1: both called Luca the biggest whiner in the league um, about referees to referees, and what happened <laughs> as a consequence of that? And like, and and since you, then, you took
2: you took all the shrapnel on that one. Old Cuban, Cuban blast away at you. And that's since what then, you even, get for being a big name. I'm just, I'm just a role player, baby. Even it's Dave like Passa.
1: Even Dave Pash on on the play by play yesterday is just making jokes about like Luca's always complaining about something. Like the, it's, I'm sorry to t- to be the bearer of truth. The guy never stops complaining to the refs.
2: Well, just if you don't believe us, ask Jason Kidd after they blow a 27 point lead, was, and he wants to you know. And so look, spicy. And again, I don't have a problem at all. I encourage it. At no problem with Booker talking trash. I don't care if he waits till three seconds. Luca does. I don't. With Luca talking trash, I don't have any beef for that. Now, I do think Luca's constant whining to refs, I think that is oftentimes counterproductive, not just in his ability to get calls, but, you know, Jay Kidd has said it very clearly. There's times where Luca's not playing defense, whether he's not running back on defense, or there'll be times he's arguing in the middle of a possession. It's like, oh, well, hey, Luca, you're get your head turned arguing with the ref. And guess what? Your guy just back cut for a layup because you're not even thinking about defense. So, That stuff I got, I've got an issue with. But like the beef, the bad blood, the trash talking, you know, I would say the nose to nose stuff. The only problem I have with that is Luca, dude, you just got your fourteenth technical foul of the season. Not plus one rescinded, but as far as the suspension count goes, you're two away. Not smart. That's not smart.
1: Well, look, Devin Booker's made the finals and has been up in the finals. Luca's never made the finals, but man, that playoff loss last year is so bad for Phoenix. And I know that there are all sort of countervailing circumstances and stuff. Luca has that over Booker's head for a long, long, until
2: I think it requires... He outscored them in the first half of the game seven on the road. Luca outscored the Phoenix Suns.
1: I think that requires head-to-head postseason vengeance for Devin Booker to Absolutely. have to, to have e- to get back on equal footing.
2: Unless yeah. unless, they the you, you unless they win the title, unless they win the title. Well, yeah, if you win the title, you would never have to, you know, whatever. But yeah, you don't get revenge from a you're the top seed that goes up two zero and then you fall apart in the rest of the series and a historic blowout on your home floor in Game Seven. Okay, subplot, revenge subplot, subplots
1: subplots, subplots, subplots. As I'm going to talk about with Kendra we're we're not we're not there yet but there's a potentiality which is not a, maybe not a word i don't know a potentiality i think that is a word where the nuggets are going to be number 1 we know that and 4 or 5 is phoenix now super phoenix with durant and golden state at 5 that's far from assured not even close to assured but if that ends up being the case that me- means a first round matchup between two teams who i believe could win the west And a potential Denver, whoever wins that series matchup of two teams who I believe could win the title at that point in the second round. Standing in the way of that is a potential Phoenix rise up the standings. They're now only three games back of the Kings. They are undefeated with Durant. Uh, I watched both their games. Two back of the
2: Kings, three of the Grizzlies.
1: Yeah, three in the loss column. I'm looking at the loss column only. yeah, two of the Kings, three of the Grizzlies in overall standings. Um, I watched both the Chicago game and uh, the Dallas game over the weekend. Uh, Largely, uh, they looked exactly like I talked about with Eddie Johnson last week on the pod. Go listen to that if you want to hear Phoenix analysis. Um, So there's that. There is the Memphis-Sacramento race for two. Memphis Mm -hmm. has the easiest schedule left in the conference on paper. Um,
2: However... some challenging circumstances in some challenging
1: circumstances. The Kings currently own the tiebreaker over Memphis by virtue of a vastly superior conference record. They are two, two head to head. Um, beneath that is that tiebreaker would only hold if Sacramento actually wins their division and Phoenix is in the same division as Sacramento. So that could, could come into play vis-a-vis Memphis. Um, and, uh, the Suns have the current tiebreaker 2-0 over the Kings head-to-head if they were to finish tied with two games left. So they have two games mm-hmm. left to try to continue to make up ground. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of room for maneuverability here. And the Kings, man, look, we're going to talk about the Mavs in a second and how the Mavs are the scoring machine and defensively challenged <laughs> defense that we anticipated they would be when they made this seismic right. trade for Kyrie. There's a team in the West that's like, hey, we've been doing that all year better than you guys are now we have the number one offense in the entire nba by a full point now the kings are number one with a mm, the kings are number one yes. by a lot in mm-hmm. points there you go 25th on defense and there's still reason to think that some of their defense is just bad luck because they don't foul they get every defense rebound they force a decent amount of turnovers they're allowing a lot of mid-range shots Teams are just making everything from everywhere against them now. I think part of that is because they have no rim defense. They're getting smoked at right. the rim, just like they did last year. Some of it with the mid range jumpers and the threes. They might be a little bit better than twenty fifth on defense. They are. They're not going away, man. They they they're one wing away from being truly, truly interesting to me as like a potential <laughs> contender. Like I just think point guard, center. Offensively, they are massively skilled with oh, Fox. They are, they and are Sabonis. unbelievable.
2: Yeah, and and look, I have personally acknowledged to both Monty McNair and, and Wes Wilcox that my harsh criticism of what at the time I called the Tyrese Halliburton trade was off. And I, Tyrese Halliburton is exactly who I thought he was, which is one of the rising stars in the NBA. But Sabonis is really, really, really good.
1: And I I just Uh, think I think they're going to be a tough out in in the play. Everyone is just penning them in as the loser of the three six
2: series. I think they're going to be a tough out. I I do think you're going to have to score a lot of points to beat them. Now you might score a lot of points. Look, if if they play the Mavericks, it's first to one forty, (laughs) right? It might be. I mean, we know, already saw that game. I mean, that was hey, the if, first if, game
1: if, of Luca yeah.
2: Kyrie was against the Kings. They lost on the road. If if they play the Clippers, it's first to one seventy five. Apparently, <laughs> uh, we you know we, we we've seen that. Um, no, I mean, and, and look, they they obviously are very limited in terms of playoff experience. Harrison Barnes has won a championship. Uh, Sabonis has some playoff experience, but you know we're talking about a franchise that that's playoff drought is old enough to drive, right? I'll say this though. They have been a cojones factor, you know, crunch time killer all season you long. You might have to and
1: rename that after De'Aaron Fox, man. Like, that's how much of a cojones factor they've been.
2: Well, you know, he's he's definitely the front runner for that. I don't know what exactly goes into the league's Rip-off version called the Jerry West Award, but <laughs> he's definitely the front runner. He's definitely a front runner for <laughs> Who, who's who's a bigger deal? Mere the logo. Come on. Hey man, they uh, should <laughs> redesign that trophy so that it's
1: it's in a it's like a nondescript player doing the Cassell dance. That's what they should do. Yes, if they're gonna 100%. honor you, that's
2: what they should do. Yeah, but look, Fox has been unreal in the fourth quarter in clutch time all season long, just you know, getting to the rack, the mid-range game, him and Sabonis just playing off of each other. You know, they, I mean, Malik Monk, especially when Russell Westbrook forgets that he's guarding him and, you know, looks like a puppy dog chasing the ball uh, with the game on the line. Malik Monk's capable of hitting big shots. Uh, I don't think they're an easy out. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I think they're a contender. I'm just like, look, if you think it's just going to be Hey, you're playing against the cute little Kings in the first round. You get a, a pass to the semifinals. Uh-uh. Well, I don't what think about, it's going like, to be easy.
1: But, but let's think it out for a second. What if it shakes out that they hold on to three or, or move up to two, whatever it ends up being. Um, mm-hmm. They draw Minnesota in the first round or Dallas in the first round. A team that like everyone thinks i think dallas has more upside than sacramento because of luca right. and the luca kyrie combination but yeah. there's really nothing they're two and five we're going to talk about them in a second they're two and five together there's nothing that really suggests that they should be like favorites over the kings minnesota should not be favorites over the kings yeah. we'll see when cat comes back but like that's a winnable series okay so let's say they win that series let's say they stick it they get to draw breaks for them they win then it's Two, three against the Grizzlies with no Brandon Clark, and let's even assume Jobs back. Or,
2: or, or you might be looking at one of those teams in the second round instead. Like, because look, I'm not going to sit here and like the Grizzlies. Obviously, we've just talked about a lot. There's more question marks around the Grizzlies than any team that's uh, you know going to have a home court advantage in the first round. I'm just
1: saying, I'm just saying, by far
2: the King. It's. There is a semi-reasonable world where we wake up and
1: the Kings are in the conference finals. I'm not I wouldn't pick it. It's going to depend a yeah. lot about who their first round opponent is out of these teams. Because if it's Clippers, Warriors, whatever, I think they're in for an uphill battle. But if it breaks your know, right Kings, for them,
2: they're they're good. Kings Grizzlies would actually be a fascinating series. And I don't know uh how much those two markets would drive TV ratings, but it'd be a fascinating series because you have obviously the best offensive team in the league against the best defensive team in the league, and you know the 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 biggest on court you know just basketball concern about the cruises to me is boy if, if you make them play in the mud they're mm-hmm. like they're, they're in some ways the total opposite of the the you know old grit and grind cruises who wanted to play in the mud this team if you make them play in the mud they are a mediocre to poor half court offensive team. Um, now if you let them run and gun and fly up and down the floor, you know, John's pretty good in the open floor. I mean, he is an absolute force, especially when you've got, uh, you know, Bane coming to, to, to shoot and, and, uh, you know, Jackson runs the floor really well for a big guy, all those sort of things. Um, the Kings are one team where they're, I don't think the Kings are trying to slow down a series either. So that, that would be a very interesting series.
1: Yeah. I, the Kings, we'll see how they I, 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 I just, their wing rotation is Kevin Herter, who's a fantastic shooter and, and probably a slight minus on defense. Harrison Barnes, who's more of a four now. Mm-hmm. Keegan Murray's a rookie. Malik Monk, Terrence Davis, Davion Mitchell are all kind of undersized coming off the bench for wings anyway, depending on who else is on the floor. I just think you get to the playoffs, you need a, one
2: better wing than they've got, but you can't have. Everything. Okay, let me ask you a question. Aside, like, like, who, yeah, who in the West doesn't need one better wing?
1: No, I, it's 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 a fair, it's a fair question. everything.
2: I, I just, I just watched two teams yesterday that traded good wings, and I understand why they did it, but boy, Josh Okogie was zero of eight from three yesterday for the Kings. Tory Craig was one of four. They got saved by Ish Wainwright coming in and going four I like or five. Ish Uh, Right, but I'm I'm saying there's some wing concern there. The Mavericks, dude, I mean, obviously, they didn't want to give up Dorian Finney-Smith. There's just no way they were going to get that deal done without doing it. And now a team that, since that trade's dead last in defense, they obviously need another wing stopper, uh, another three and D guy. And and again, I just think you go down the list, everybody needs another wing. The Grizzlies were trying to throw 114 picks. To to get Macal Bridges or OG and an OK, OB. so there I mean, are but there are
1: wing. wings and there are wings, and wings can mean a lot of different things. One of the things I mean by it in this playoff context is: Do you have a ball handler who's like six six or taller? And right. the Suns got one. The Mavs still have one. The Kings' lead ball handler is. A skinny point guard or or a big center who doesn't protect the rim. That's all. But I think the Kings are really yeah. good. And so let's talk about your hometown Mavs for for a few minutes mm-hmm. here. Uh, four and six since the trade. Two and five in the seven games Luca and Kyrie have played together. Um, offensive rating breaks your laptop. Defensive rating also breaks your laptop. With mm-hmm. Luca and Kyrie on the floor, they're plus seven per one hundred possessions, plus thirty-five total points, hundred eighty-six minutes. They're winning the Kyrie alone minutes handily, and getting absolutely shellacked in the Luca only minutes. I think that's yeah. largely
2: just kind of random noise. We this well this also is, like the, all these stats are jacked up because it's a small sample size and they play the Spurs. Well, like, and just, also
1: they've played in defense of their bad defensive rating. They have played amongst these ten games, Philly the Kings twice, Phoenix with Durant, the Clippers, and the Nuggets. So they're playing just one scoring machine after another. They are only one game over 500 now and seventh in the West. The projection systems that I use have them as a 40 to 45% chance to make the top six. So better than 50-50 by a hair to be mm-hmm. in the play-in, which is not where you want to be. And you watch their defense. We, we knew, you and I talked about it, when they made the trade, they got worse defensively. And they got smaller. And they are really, really small across the board now. And that's manifested itself in, in, in some pretty poor defense. You do look at the numbers, though, and you wonder, again, given their schedule, given that teams in this 10-game stretch are shooting 52% on mid-range shots that's per cleaning the glass and 75% mm-hmm. at the rim. Now, that may be a lasting problem. The rim mm-hmm. field goal percentage may just be bad. Uh, and the Mavs are 28th in free throws allowed. Are they a little bit better than this defensively? I just you just watch them, man. They're like, uh, dude, what, they're Tim only Tim Hardaway Jr. is like guarding LeBron and Durant, yeah. and
2: like on a nightly basis, you're like, this is the best they
1: got for these matchups. I mean, just Je- like, Je-
2: Justin Holiday, fresh off a of buyout, was starting. Was, you know, started a few games like Josh Green. Uh, has had a really good season, but there's, you know, he didn't score yesterday and he's, you know, he's a really good athlete, six foot six, good athlete, but he's not like, you know, you, you, you put him next to Kevin Durant. He looks really small. You know, you put him next to uh, some of these dudes that you got to deal with. And, 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 you know, he's not a big wing by any stretch of the imagination. Look, Maxi Kleba can't fix everything, but unless he's really good, like a deep playoff run is extremely unlikely and it's concerning Maxi came back from a a right hamstring tear where he had surgery and I guess it, the it, the tendon was torn not the muscle like I'm no doctor just by eight years in college but it, you know <laughs> that's how he was able to come back as quickly as he did um but he sat out the Phoenix game because he's experienced soreness you know after playing a couple games playing I don't have the minutes right in front of me, but like low 20s in the minutes. Um, he's questionable. By the time people hear this, they'll know if he plays or not, probably. But he's questionable for Tuesday night against the Jazz. That's super concerning. Um, because he is honestly, he's not just their best rim protector, he might be their best on ball defender. Reggie Bullock's the other uh, you know, possibility there, but like they need Maxie to be a force. Um and look, they they signed Javale McGee to to be their you know big rebounder and rim protector. They promised him a starting job on a three year deal. He's he was so bad they pulled the plug after eight games. And it, like, you know, they're playing they're playing Jokic, they're playing Embiid. He's DMPCD. Like that that ship has sailed. The, the only question is, are they ever going to be able to shed that contract before you know it expires in, in you know two plus years?
1: So here, here's and the here's they, the good news. Here's the good news. I I think the the thunder every time you think the thunder are ready to not throw it in the towel, but like Shea's been out here and there, whatever they they keep winning. Yeah. They're back to they've won two in a row now. It does feel like there should develop some sort of gap between eight and then nine and ten. Like six, seven, eight right now are Minnesota, Dallas, Clippers, Golden States, five, New Orleans is ninth. They've just been destroyed by injuries. We don't know when
2: Zion's coming back.
1: Utah's 10th. They traded a bunch of guys and have had injury issues themselves. Then it's the Lakers, (laughs) Thunder, Blazers behind them. It feels like the floor for Dallas should be eighth. It feels like the floor for the Clippers should be eighth, despite the fact that they just lost... Yeah, four
2: in a row or whatever.
1: It feels you, like the- you mentioned
2: uh, Oklahoma City just won two in a row. Those are both over the Jazz, and I'm not sure. Hey, yeah, you Danny gotta Ange's gotta count them. They count by those losses. They
1: count. <laughs> Do you? How much of the Spurs Rockets uh, double dip did you watch over the weekend?
2: Really, did, you, did you dive deep into that one? I can honestly admit that I watched zero seconds.
1: <laughs> that's the proper. That's a proper answer. Uh, Rockets had a couple of good games. Uh, I did not watch either. I watched when no, They didn't. No, the Spurs, no, the Spurs had a couple of good games. Well, the Rockets hung one forty-two on them last night. Yeah, who, and and oh it, it, yeah, my <laughs> yes. brains. Now the wheels are turning. The wheels are oh. turning. Oh, um, what was I th- Oh, the floor. The floor should be it. A- but okay, yeah. You know, perk is by always- the way.
2: Clippers, Mavs is a play in, and then listen, Zach. I I know we're on Mavs right now, but I'm just telling you street lights versus spotlights could be decided in the second play in winner go home baby oh the battle of la coming down to that second play in game baby come black, on black work gets, gets better than that oh man black top be something climatic after that what was that i thought it was street light versus spotlight was yeah, that, that was one in? of them i feel like there were a few of them <laughs> okay I, feel like there I tell one. you, that's OD, the, the Omen Dave, and Dave YouTube hit show. But no, it's a, the, the Lakers have made major progress. He's back to being a Mac 11 seed, almost back to the original nickname of Mac 10 seed. Oh, my God. Just the L.A. slander. <laughs> wow. I promoted their YouTube show, by the way. Howdy Partners this week. Having Kendra Andrews on to discuss those Golden State Warriors. Yeah, it's not Let me LA get into the hoop collective plug while I'm here.
1: <laughs> LA basketball, 34 and 33 Clippers, 31 and 34 Lakers. Uh, hmm. What were we talking about the Mavs, Um, You know, Perk is always yelling at me about how nobody <laughs> plays defense anymore and all this, like, they don't let you play defense anymore because you can't touch anybody, and defense doesn't really matter. And, and I, I think teams like the Kings and the Mavericks are going to be the ultimate test cases of that because – I I will always believe that to win the NBA title, you need to be able to defend and defend really well because no matter how much they tilt the game to offense, Mm -hmm. there are going to be cold shooting nights and whatever, and defense is going to sing at least somewhat loudly in the end. But you are not going to stop Dallas. Like They will have cold shooting nights. Reggie Bullock will go 1 for 10. Josh Green will go 0 for 5. Kleep will miss his shots. Christian Wood will either miss or he'll get pulled from the game because Jason Kidd doesn't trust his defense. (laughs) If they have those two dudes on the floor, and they have yeah. run a grand total of 11 pick and rolls together in seven games. So they're just scratching. They're not even scratching the surface. They're looking for the surface of that. If you just have those dudes on the floor and one of them's handling the ball up top and the other guy's one pass away on the wing or Kyrie's pushing the pace and Luca's trailing, you are not stopping them. There was one four-possession stretch yesterday at the game where you were at where Terrence Ross got in the game in the third quarter or maybe early in the fourth quarter. And four straight possessions, twice Luka, Twice Kyrie, like all right. Where's Terrence Ross? Where's Terrence Ross? Bring him, bring his guy to me. And it's like and one post up, stack back three, blow by layup, post up again. Like yeah, and
2: the Suns' choice was, hey, are we going to let them just extend invitations and make Josh Okogie and and or Torrey Craig take wide open corner threes and brick them, or are we going to have no hope to defend on the other end because those are the guys who have any hope of defending. Luca and or Kyrie, but Zach, you know, to your point, these are the all five losses when Luca and Kyrie play together are games that were decided in the final seconds. Yeah. And the Mavericks scored 128 is OT, but still 128, 121, 108, 122, and 126.
1: Like it's obvious to me watching the two teams play each other that Phoenix is a significantly better two-way team than Dallas. They're bigger, they're longer, they're tougher. From Durant to Ayton. you know, Paul is still a pestle. He's lost a half a step at least. They're just a I better, think- they're just, they're a better defensive team. They're just better. But B- Booker's a better defender than Luka. Yeah. I think nobody would argue that. Um, yeah. But, all that said, like they barely won because Dallas's offense is that good. Like they're, they're Luka, going to Luka be at a- an
2: off game. Look at an off game and missed a a bunny at the end or, you know, who knows, maybe Katie or Booker would have hit a game winner with, you know, they had 3.5 seconds to work with. You know, the Suns certainly could have won in overtime. But, that you know, if Luca, who didn't play well by his standards yesterday, hits a very easy shot at the end, it's tied up with three and a half seconds left.
1: Yeah, you and I both, when the trade happened, kind of... I, I believe, I don't want to put words in your mouth, I believe we both said we, we kind of don't buy the idea that the Mavs are now instant contenders, like contender mm, contenders. Never, never and, bought and, that. And, and, I, I
2: don't believe they are. I don't believe they I, I don't contenders.
1: believe they are either, because I just think defensively they're going to be too challenged. It, mm-hmm. And I just... Despite everything that Perk says all the time and the evidence bearing it out, and the fact that you're like you're just not going to stop this team, they're going, they're, you're not, they're not going to run into a team that holds them to 105 points three times in a row. It's not going to happen. I, I just think to win three or four playoff series, which is what they are signing up to try to do. Like, don't let their record fool you. Like they went all in on Kyrie. They have. Mm-hmm. They're going to be boxing into a corner this summer to resign him yes. to win that many playoff series in a row against this level of competition, it is hard to do that when you've got to win like 128, 124 over and over and over and over again. The margins, even yeah. in an era that's tilting offense in a rules landscape that favors offense, I just still am skeptical that your defensive ceiling or defensive floor is so low or whatever the right term, right. Is the flag, whatever it is. They're I, just, I just too bad on defense. I, I just think it's it's... It's still so hard to win that many playoff series that way that I just,
2: but they're going to be in every game because of their offense. Well, yeah, they, they didn't have a chance before the trade at all. And I think their chance went from 0% to whatever we call 1%, right? Because Luke and Kyrie not only are either capable of taking over a playoff game, a playoff series at any time, but like, they're going to light it up. I think Luca and Kyrie can like Luca needed a co-star to have a real chance to contend for a championship, but they don't have a, a championship caliber or even a, a contending caliber supporting cast around them. Because look, you look at the team that went to the West Finals last year. You've lost. I'm going to say your second best player, Brunson, and we we might be able to argue third and fourth best player. At least you've Dinwiddie, lost at least Dinwiddie, two. Dinwiddie, Finney, Smith. I would go the other way around, but sure. Yeah, but I wasn't ordering
1: them. I'm just saying those Yeah, were- yeah.
2: Right. So, you know, like what they were, they were a co star away. And look. And they had, forget- to your point earlier.
1: Maxi Kleba, like if we need you to play 35 minutes a game and come in yeah. like three minutes in because of the
2: spacing issues, mm-hmm. like
1: you're ready to do that. And is he going to be ready to do that? Is Chris? Is I don't know. You know. Yeah,
2: you're, you're. And now you've got the co-star, but your supporting cast has taken a taken some huge hits. The whole Brunson thing. They might have already had the co-star, but that that ship is long sailed, and we've discussed that many many times. By the way, how many straight up the Knicks won? Nine. Nine. Hmm. Who who was who was player of the month in the uh, East last month? Do you know, Jalen Brunson or Julius oh. Randle? I don't know. It was, Jalen the, was Jalen Brunson?
1: Was Jalen Brunson? I don't pay a lot of attention to the Player of the Blank um, awards, but I knew Jalen Brunson won some. He's been um, he scores thirty points every game, and then he doesn't play, and Emmanuel quickly scores. 38 points 38. in 79 <laughs> minutes I think he played yesterday for tips all right uh enough Mavs talk for now uh we'll have a lot of time to talk about all these things he is part of the hoop collective
2: oh ah, there you
1: go he is the host of howdy partners oh I love that he is Tim McMahon you can read him you can watch him you can listen to him uh he is a-
2: an expert on many many things in the NBA thank you sir Hey, it is always a pleasure to come on here. You are so much more gracious of a host than than Wendy. You don't ask for extra security when I want to take you out to dinner. I mean, I just, I love coming on here and joining you.
1: Thank you, sir. Be well. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. Shame on you, by the way. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Smart TV. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. That's very soon. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for your mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call or click Granger.com or just stop by. All right, let's talk about the most confounding team, the most baffling team that I think I can even remember in my 13 years or whatever it is of covering the NBA. I just have never, I've never encountered a team that just, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Kendra Andrews, you cover this team The Golden State Warriors, how are you? Thank you for joining us.
0: (laughs) I'm good, Zach. How are you? Well,
1: I'm still confused, Kendra. I'm still confused because um, Steph Curry made his long-awaited ballyhooed return to a team that had won without him, won five in a row, all at home, Mm -hmm. at home, in their home, without him. (laughs) They are 14 and 12 for the season without Steph Curry, which is amazing considering it looked early on like how are we going to score? We're dead. We're going to we're not going to be able to put up any points. Um there are two games over 500 without Steph and three games over 500 for the season. They are 34 and 31. This is the defending champions, by the way. The defending NBA champions. Yes. 34 and 31. 14th in offense. That's not bad. 13th mm-hmm. in defense which for all the hand-wringing and whatever about how they they can't stop fouling they don't get any rebounds oh my god they're 13th in defense that's pretty good 11th in net rating 11th mm-hmm. that's almost top mm-hmm. 10 that's pretty good 27 and 7 at home and 7 and 24 on the road yeah. With another road loss in Steph's Ballyhooed return, they went on the road, and they lost to the Lakers without LeBron. They have the third toughest schedule remaining in the Western Conference. They have three more road games and home games, which is kind of like saying you might as well just pencil them in for three automatic more losses than, than, than whatever. Um, and these are big, big games because although it feels like, oh, they've righted the ship, they're good – The projection systems that I use, there's a site called Playoff Status that I really love, Basketball Reference, everybody knows that one. Have them like about 50-50 and a little bit less maybe to avoid the play-in, which means 50% in the play-in and they don't need anyone to tell them that if you're in the play-in, I don't care if you're 7th, 8th, ninth, or 10th, it's not a great place to be. Kendra... Yeah. Do you have any answers for me? Cuz I just don't I just don't <laughs> understand. I don't understand.
0: I I I wish I wish I had all the answers. It's funny. I did I did um NBA countdown radio yesterday and I was on with them and they said we asked you this before. If you had all the answers, you'd be on Steve Kerr's coaching staff because no one seems to have an answer. Real quick, Zach, One, I think with those with that schedule, the other thing you have to look at, all but three of those games are against Western Conference opponents who are also in this super tight race for either a play-in or a lower playoff spot. Um, but... I, it's, it's really, it is, it's getting really hard to find the answers. And even when you talk to the team and you ask the team, like I asked Draymond just last night after the Lakers game about this road, this crazy road split. And I said, what, like, what, what is a tangible thing you can point to, to say why? And he said the same thing. If I knew the answer, you bet, I would tell you, you bet I'd be yelling it in the locker room, yelling it from the mountaintops of what it is. And it's hard to put your finger on because, like you said, their record without Steph isn't bad, right? They're about a 500 team with him and without him, so it's not okay. Well, Steph's missing. That's that's not it. You know, I, you look at other people that they're missing. I think Andrew Wiggins' absence, and honestly, even before he he stepped away from the team, his production this season has just plummeted from last year, and he was such an important part. Of the team last year they're missing key players like you know gary payton ii who yes he is back on the roster but is not playing you lost otto Porter jr you lost other guys who were really key contributors both on offense and defense and that's not to say they don't have a good roster but i think when you look at all the things that made them such a dangerous team last year they're still trying to figure out how to get there you know execution has been a really big issue with this team for most of the season. And they finally figured out how to start executing at home when everyone's on their side, but on the road still in, in crucial moments because they haven't been blown out on the road. Really? It's all come down to really tight games that are lost in the last few minutes on the road. They're just really struggling to execute down the stretch and it's, and it's resulting in in games like Sundays against the Lakers.
1: Yeah. But when you're playing on the road and you're losing tight games to like Charlotte, and Detroit, I don't really care that they're tight games. It's like, can you just win the game? Okay. Can you just maybe win? You're the Golden State Warriors. Can you just win? Um, so let's, let's start with the most important question facing the team before we get into the fun stuff. Uh, one of the reasons that I've been just continuously optimistic about the Warriors, that, that it, as despite mounting evidence, I, I just will say a run is coming. A run is coming. It's going to happen. And maybe I guess they just did win five in a row at home. At home. Is that their starting five <laughs> in now just 331 minutes? Because Wiggins has been out for so long, is plus 22 per 100 possessions, is maybe the best starting five in basketball. That's obviously Steph, Clay. How about Clay, by the way? All year, mm-hmm. all year long, including on TV, in a rant where I kind of became unhinged a little bit in response to Barkley, <laughs> who I love, kind of writing off Clay, I said, I would, when Clay said, I'm betting on myself, I've yelled and screamed. I would bet on Clay. Clay's awesome. Clay's shooting 42% yeah. from three. Clay's not the problem. Um, what, what do we know about Wiggins? Where is Wiggins? What's going on with Wiggins?
0: Zach, I, I, again, another answer that I wish I had for you. And everyone within the team, out, outside of the team, is, is being really tight-lipped on what is going on with Andrew Wiggins. I can tell you that it's not him. He is physically okay. Uh, but they're just saying it's a family matter. There's still no timetable. We ask nearly every day if there's a timetable on when he'll be rejoining the team, if he's around the team, is he coming back to the team? And they are just they just say no. Uh, so Okay,
1: so I call that the most important question because we can get into all these stuff, yeah. these lineup issues and stuff and numbers that we're going to get into. The run is not coming in the playoffs without Andrew Wiggins. He's that Absolutely. important a part of their team. I thought he started off this season maybe after a couple of weeks looking really like the Andrew Wiggins who was in the playoffs last year and then started to kind of fritter away and then is gone now. And I hope we just wish him well and hope that he and his family mm-hmm. are okay. But as a team, they're not going to be the team without him. Um, so in searching for explanations, I, I just have never encountered a team like this. You, you, you go for, for everything from um the ephemeral the intangible chemistry and this season of course mm-hmm. started with Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole in the face in, in an act of aggression that had all sorts of potential layers to it young versus old mm-hmm. the new generation versus the former gen the founding generation money Draymond's contract and all that and no matter how many times i hear we're past it we're over it it has no effect on our team I will never really believe that. I still think there's some lingering effect on chemistry, on Draymond's sort of standing to yell and scream at everybody the way that he wants to and has so effectively. Mm -hmm. I still think that's a thing. Um, And yet, maybe all the mystical chemistry stuff, maybe it's just this simple, Kendra. If you look at their home and road numbers, the difference is all defense. The offense is the same Mm -hmm. home versus road. And you dig in further, almost the entire difference on defense, at home, their opponents are shooting 32% from three. That's the lowest figure in the league. On the road, their opponents are shooting 40.5% from three. That's the second highest figure in the league. Maybe that's all it is. Now you can tell me, well, there are more breakdowns on the road that lead to the open threes and the threes are better and better shooters are getting them. Like, okay, prove that to me. Because when I see numbers Mm -hmm. like that, I see luck both ways, and I see if the luck just sort of evens out and they just become an average three-point shooting allowed team on both whatever court, Mars, Jupiter, here, San Francisco, if they go back to (laughs) Oakland, I, I still think that their defense is somewhere in the middle of where it is at home versus on the road, and that's a really, really good defense.
0: Yeah, it was interesting the the last game before the uh, before the playoffs before the all-star break they were they lost on the road uh, to the clippers. And in that post-game press conference Draymond Green just laid into their defense pretty much just saying there are people on this team who don't have that will to defend collectively, right? This is the it's ephemeral, this is
1: the untouchable. We can't right. see it, we can't prove it. It's will, you it's urgency, it. exactly. and it's chemistry
0: exactly he said you know there's you can you can there's things that you can see when it's when it's one-on-one defense okay you're guarding your guy who has the ball as soon as they move off the ball there are certain people again who stop defending and don't have that collective will defense and it, it, it is a lot on the perimeter you look at certain players you know Jordan Poole's a guy who's really had to step up in defense whether he's done that to the to the amount that they need or not it's probably a no to no, but- so I'll just say, I'll, I'll scratch the probably <laughs> and
1: just say it's a no,
0: it's, it's a no. You have guys like Jonathan Kaminga who are taking, you know, big steps forward. who are really trying to work, work at this, not fouling. He's fouling way less. He's taking good steps, but still as a collective, like you said, especially on that perimeter defense, it, there are moments where it just absolutely collapses and you're seeing teams just bomb away threes. And that's how they end up building these insane leads in the first quarter. All of their losses on the road, I think they trailed pretty big in the first. And then, yeah, they scratch and claw their way back. But it's that opening quarter where teams are just shooting away because there's no strong perimeter defense that gives them the cushion. And then the Warriors are playing catch up Whoa, all game. Who
1: starts games for them that hasn't been starting lately other than Curry? And it's Wiggins. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I just, this all is moot until he comes back. Yeah. And until then, what they really just need to do is try like hell to get out of the plan, not only the play but right now yeah. we're
0: shaping. They don't want that four or five. Well, I'm saying we're sense. shaping up
1: now. Look, the Memphis situation as Tim McMahon and I discussed has become a quagmire of crap, but it, it so who knows what's going to happen with them? I mean, they don't, they don't have Adams. They don't have Morant. Um, Dylan Brooks apparently will be suspended every other game. Cause I don't think he can help himself from getting technicals. Um, if this one four five ends up being Denver Phoenix Golden State, that's that's just bad for all those teams. That's bad for everyone involved. Oh, yeah. um, but that that's that's an issue for um, for another day. and you're right, it's been all season the perimeter defense, the breakdowns, the blow bys that lead to the reaching that lead to the fouling and all of this. And look, their free throws they they are a high foul team no matter where they play. It's a little worse on the road, but it amounts to two free throw attempts per game. It's not that's not a huge difference. The rebounding's the same. The shooting numbers are from what we can see are about the same, um other than the three-point shooting. It's all three-point shooting home versus road. That's the whole that's the whole thing. And I just maybe it's just that. Maybe it's just they've had the most crazy random home road shooting season of all time. I don't know.
0: I don't know. It's it's I think any person that you ask in that locker room, in that organization feels a similar way. And Steph even said it the other night. He's like, our our splits have been abysmal on in every single category. And you kind of just went through every single category that there is. And you, it, it does make you wonder though, kind of what what would they look like if that perimeter defense on the road just got a, a smidge better, if things got a smidge better, because the, the part that's, concerning to me or just makes you you scratch your head and think is that you you have 17 games left in the season and this has been what it's been all season long there have been areas of growth but again as you're looking at the, the standing that you're looking at this playoff push, that you're looking at potential matchups in the playoffs you 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 always hold out hope for the Warriors you always hold out this this uh, yeah, like they could, they could get it. No one, I've been talking to Western Conference teams, around the league. no one wants to face the Warriors in the first round because everyone knows what they're capable of, but at the same time, there is no body of work this season to point to and say that is what they can do when they're just on. Last well, season, but, you know, they started the But year there is. There, two. there
1: is a body of work. It's the body of work in San Francisco.
0: 27
1: and 7 plus 8 per 100 possessions like they have the third best defense among at home of all teams, and Denver, by the way, is fourth. That's something they're getting lucky with threes too. <laughs> but if Denver's a real defense at home, that's a little scary. That's the body of work, and I'm, I, I can't, I can't quit them. I can't. I, they are still on my. You're sh- not the only one. They're, they're still on my short list of teams that could win the West. Realistically, win the West over <laughs> Sacramento, over Dallas. I'd agree. Over mm-hmm. the Clippers. I can't believe I'm saying over the Clippers because I, I picked them to win the West before the season, and I just don't know what the hell is going on but right now No, with them. I mean, like,
0: looking at how they've come out, the, at the, out of the I, all-star I just break,
1: mean, yeah. I don't even want to talk about the Clippers. I've talked about them too much. I don't know <laughs> what is going on with them in like the most meta sense possible. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what they were thinking signing Russ. I don't really know why he gets to walk in the door and play 35 minutes a game and start despite turning it over all the time. He's been okay for them. Okay. It's just Russ is like, even when he's productive, the fact that, people will treat him like Draymond treated him during their recent game where they just don't I was guard just gonna, him.
0: Yeah, it's just going to make – The it, fact I'm that he that. turns
1: it over all the time and is a minus on defense, even when he's productive, he's just like throwing a grenade into your team. He just changes everything about the structure of your team. And I've said yeah. – now we're on a Clippers tangent. But I've said since <laughs> since they got him – Go
0: with it. Since they
1: got him and since it was clear that well, we're not just getting him – like he gets minted right away as a starter having uh, my,
0: my and I was, I was surprised because I thought that when they acquired bones, Highland and and not saying that bones has to be a starter stuff, but you, you, they inserted him into their system and right away you started to see that little spark that he kind of had maybe earlier in his, in his stint with Denver. And then, yeah, you throw kind of Russ into the mix. And it was interesting hearing what Draymond said about sagging off of him. Because he didn't say he's like you know Russ is a decent shooter. Everyone makes everything around the shots. Blah, blah blah. He's like, but it's the it's the mental games that we were playing with him to to get in his head by leaving him with five feet of space every single time. And it's just it's it's an interesting yeah,
1: uh, look to me. Yeah, even when even when it's quote unquote working, it's such a late in the game stylistic grenade that to me the most alarming part of all of it was. They don't believe in their team anymore. If you're throwing that grenade into your team in game 65, it means either your best players, your coaches, your front office, some combination of all those things no longer believe that the team you spent four years building to this season, the biggest season in the history of the team, can win. And that's the most alarming thing. Back to the Warriors. I believe they can win. (laughs) And I've said this all year, and I feel like an insane person because I check the numbers every week to make sure the numbers are still there. The starting lineup I mentioned, plus 22 per 100 yeah. possessions. That's very good. Um, Their three best bench players when they're whole are Poole, who's been wildly up and down, and I think mostly kind of mm-hmm. eh. DiVincenzo, who's been outstanding, and yep. you and I talked when they signed yep. him that I was already annoyed at what a perfect warrior he is, and lo and behold.
0: Yes, you did. And
1: Kaminga... <laughs> who I rather infamously said last year, I would lose no sleep over having drafted Kaminga over Franz Wagner and look like a moron until now. I'm starting to look a little less like a moron when those three (laughs) are on the floor with no Curry plus seven per hundred possessions. When Draymond's on the floor, no Curry plus seven per 100 possessions or plus, plus five. I think Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Um, Jamichael green is starting to become a part of the rotation. Gary Payton, the second will come back at some point and add another guard. Mm-hmm. Anthony Lamb is kind of the ninth guy right now. I would assume they're going to convert mm-hmm. his two way into a real contract now that mm-hmm. that's that, so is that correct? Mm-hmm. My assumption. Do you think correct?
0: I think correct. Yeah, I think that that's something that Steve Kerr said out loud that he wants last night. I know that the organization's a fan, so I it's he's been cooking.
1: he's been great. He moves the ball. He defends lots of positions. He's smart. He fits into how they play, and and fitting into how they play is a big part of the. A huge part of the game for them because how they play being so different from how other teams play is a competitive advantage, I think, for them. And it's one of the reasons why when presented with a choice of Sadiq Bey or Gary Payton II in a vacuum, I thought they should have taken Sadiq Bey. They disagreed because Gary Payton knows how to play. You put all those pieces together, Kendra, a starting lineup that works, a bench rotation that works. The numbers are sitting there screaming, if they ever get whole, watch the hell out and the numbers just there's such a dissonance between the numbers and the record, but you know what? Right. I'm listening to the numbers. And I say, if they ever get whole, watch the hell out.
0: Go with the numbers. Listen, I, I was looking at the the standings the other day and kind of playing like pretend matchups and stuff. I, 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 like, kind of like you were just saying, I think outside of the Phoenix Suns, if I'm the Warriors, the one team I really don't want to see in the first round of the Phoenix Suns. Other than that, I think they have a good chance against any of those Western Conference teams, and once they are healthy, once they start, everything starts clicking together. Even as, as they get whole again, I agree. There's no reason why you should be counting this team out. The potential on oh, paper is. I'm not
1: counting. I'm, I'm counting them in almost. But I'll t- I'll tell you this, Kendra. Uh, my brain cannot decide yet if Phoenix Golden State in the first round. Ie Durant Golden State in the first round. Right. <laughs> is going to be such incredible theater that I want it or right. that the revisiting of Durant's free agency decision is going to be so eye-rollingly bad and repetitive that I would like them to avoid each other until the last possible. I can't decide.
0: It's a, it's a tough it's a tough it's a tough thing. I mean, would you like cuz then the other side you would do you want like a Dallas Phoenix series earlier on with, with kind of how that's been brewing? I agree with the storyline part of it. The the KD free agency Warriors would be, that would be a topic of conversation nearly every day for like a week as long as this, that series plays out. But I think in terms of like basketball played, it would be, I mean, I think that would be an incredible series that I personally would want to see later in the playoffs just because I think it would be such a fun series to watch.
1: Well, Phoenix is creeping up. They're three out of Sacramento, four out of Memphis. That's a lot, though. With this, with this time yes. remaining, it's not that a lot with Kevin Durant on your team. Um, boy, if the Warriors could somehow—it's a tough—it's a tough game to play, and it—and it—it um, risks angering the basketball gods, who are vengeful and pay <laughs> attention to everything. Oh, they do. If they could finagle their way into the sixth seed and have a Sacramento. Memphis or yeah. whoever rode to the conference finals I would I think I'd pick them to win all those series until the conference finals. If they get Phoenix in the first round, they again, right. just to review math, they will have to win a road game at some point to advance out of <laughs> yeah. any playoff series. They can't beat anyone on the road. It's just incredible.
0: No. No, and I'm I'm one of the upcoming road games that I am so curious to see is their Friday matchup at Memphis. Zach, it's the first time that they're going to be in Memphis this season. Yeah, You, you and Tim just talked all about everything that's happening. It's, it's a weird time, but I think, bec- one, because of just how weird it is for the Grizzlies right now, I think that environment against this Warriors team is going to be more hostile than ever. Let's assume that Dylan Brooks isn't suspended that game and is available who knows what what Jaws' status is going to be. But I think that that is going to be an extreme test for them because that's going to be the most hostile environment they've had to play in all season long. They haven't done well on the road as is, as we've talked about. So I'm curious to see how they handle that kind of situation and what kind of game that turns out to be.
1: What happens if Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green get a double technical in the same game? Because Draymond's at 15, right?
0: Because Draymond, as I say, Draymond's suspended. (laughs) If
1: they get a double technical in the same game, I think they should stop the game and hold some kind of ceremony commemorating so like LeBron, the moment.
0: LeBron style, Steph Curry three point LeBron like title
1: style. Like Rasheed Wallace should have like. to attend that game as some sort of baton handoff to Dylan Brooks okay. and Draymond it's Green. Center
0: court. All of them thumbs up center court.
1: <laughs> I want to give love to a couple of guys on the Warriors. Shenzo we just hit. Yes. And Kaminga. Kaminga seems like kind of their way better version of Mario Chalmers where all the veterans and coaches are constantly yelling at him. In fact, there was a sequence yesterday. I don't know if you if you could see it at the game um, mm. where he was bringing the ball up and Jordan Poole was ahead of him on the left wing and Curry was ahead of Jordan Poole on the left wing and everybody was yelling for Kaminga to throw the ball ahead to Poole and he didn't and he kind of shrugged at Poole after passing it off. Then the possession went on. And I think it ended with Kaminga hitting a corner three. And he turned to his own bench. And like, I couldn't, his back was to the camera, but it looked like he was like talking slash pumping up his own bench. Like, yeah, maybe I didn't do the thing you all wanted me to do in your beautiful game, but I can do some other stuff that maybe isn't in your beautiful game. That's really good. He has, I make a list of everyone that he guards on purpose. Like Tatum, Brown, Brown. Rogden in the same game, Levine, DeRozan, Giannis, Middleton, LeBron. Like, he's been he has changed their team. I think yeah. he's fit into the way they play about as well as any kind of score first, bouncy young player could in terms of moving the ball mm-hmm. and keeping it moving in handoffs. He and DiVincenzo have really changed their team. I think Kaminga is going to be really, really good.
0: I think Kaminga is going to be great. There's, I it was a couple months ago. And we were talking to Draymond just about Kaminga and his his defense evolution. And the thing that Draymond said that stuck out to me is Draymond said, People think that I, Draymond Green, play team defense, blah, 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 blah. But when you're that good at something, it becomes it evolves around you. And everything becomes around how you do it. Like stuff on offense. He's like, That's how I do it. He goes, Jonathan Kaminga has that kind of potential on this team where as you know, the guards start to change. And as I move on, as, as Stefan plays the end of their career nears, Jonathan Kaminga has the potential to become that centerpiece and have the defense evolve around what he has to do and what he's capable of doing. So that's the kind of ceiling that this team sees in Jonathan Kaminga. They see, they see the bounciness and athleticism. They see the defense. They say, yeah, he can be an incredibly elite two-way player. And especially without Wiggins, that list of defenders and GP2, the list of defenders that you just read off, that's that's the thing. And he loves that. He goes in there asking Steve Kerr, I want to take Jason Tatum. I want to take Jalen Brown. I want to be the one who has to defend these guys. I want to be on Kawhi Leonard. I want to be on PG. That's the kind of pride that he takes in, in his ability and, and his his learning curve. I me. Mean, this is how I'm going to learn, right? I'm getting rid of the the... You know, chaotic fouling to an extent, still a little there, but to an extent. So I want I want to get on these guys because that's the way I'm going to learn. And it's, it's like when he's on, it's man, he is he's an electric player to watch.
1: And offensively, a, a couple of little things in the last few weeks, he's looked more patient to me when he has a size mismatch. Mm-hmm. Like he's not rushing it; he's backing down, he's taking his time, he's thinking about his moves and his counters. He's had developed a nice little up and under that works a lot, except he keeps missing the finish, but like he's getting the pump fake and he's open on on the, on the slide under then against, I think it was against the Raptors. I made note of it. The Raptors were playing zone and he noticed Jamichael green had the ball and Kaminga noticed that DiVincenzo was open somewhere in the zone. I think it was like in the middle of the zone and Jamichael green didn't see it and passed it instead to Kaminga And he did that thing where he barely even had the ball and it was out of his hands to DiVincenzo where he had been saying all along it (laughs) needed to go. And that's like a Draymond-Iguodala thing that you see when they get impatient with other people who don't see the stuff that they see. And when they get it, they execute what they see. Just some commingo love. And the last thing we'll end with is you mentioned Pool earlier. Um, Hovering over all of this is the massive decisions they have to make in the summer, which is a topic that I don't really want to talk too much about because I enjoy this team. And I believe in my, the (laughs) basketball, my basketball soul believes that Steph clay and Draymond should play together forever. Um, yes, I am monitoring very carefully. The Steph clay pool minutes, they're minus six Mm -hmm. per 100 possessions in 340 something minutes this year. They were absolute gangbusters, like plus 35 per 100 possessions in only 129 minutes last regular season. They played more minutes in the playoffs last year, those three together, than they did in the regular season. And they were about even after scorching the regular season. And round by round by round, as the opponents got bigger, badder, meaner, they played less and less together. And the pool party lineup – you know with Wiggins and Draymond and the three guards kind of dissipated away if if you yeah. conclude that you can't play all three of those guys together for like big big minutes i think that has implications for how you have to handle this going forward given the tax concerns and I, who knows what happens but it's just it's just something i'm watching that's all
0: yeah no it's something it's something to watch how they do the playoffs the way that the warriors manage the playoffs and the way the Warriors manage the playoffs and um, the lineups they use, whether they go small, whether they go big, it's, it's so matchup based. They're so unconventional in the way that they like to go like against, against some typical bigs that you might think they're just going to be Tearing it up. They go with a small ball lineup, right? Whether Kavon, Lo- Kavon Looney's been a guy who's been in and out of the starting lineup. I can't believe so we haven't said season. the poor <laughs> guy's
1: name yet. It's like, the guy is so good. Iron Man. He's so Iron good. Iron Man,
0: talk about giving some guys some love, right? Like, and he's been a guy who's been so adaptable to whatever it is that they're doing, right? Hey, Kavon, start. Kavon, you're not starting. Jordan is starting. The way that they mishmash, even if they're, they're, they're regular starting five, is the most lethal dominant their strongest lineup what they do with their lineups is, is can be different on a night-to-night basis and watching in the playoffs how they manage whoever their matchup is is, is going to be it's a tactical decision that they do it's one that usually works out for them and so it's going to be interesting to see not only in the playoffs in my opinion but down the again this final stretch as all these games become so so important how are they going to manage it um because i do agree with you at the end of the day jordan pool's overall season has been met. meh. but
1: official designation man.
0: <laughs> um,
1: I, you know, Officially. you mentioned um the lineup changes and all that, and the big one for them in the finals last year was starting Otto Porter over um Looney and going to kind of a hybrid lineup, and without Wiggins and without Otto Porter, obviously, who barely did, basically didn't play this year. Those lineups have been smaller lately. The Draymond at center lineups are trending pretty small. Um, Andre came back yesterday we'll see how he fits in Lamb's got some size Um, I just think that's where the Kaminga piece can come in for them maybe not this year maybe I don't know if Kerr will trust it that much but just the size that he has um, is big for them yeah. but they need Wiggins for that too Okay, Kendra Andrews you gotta go you do a fantastic job covering this weirdo team Um, keep <laughs> it up and I will see you down the line thank you Kendra
0: I'll see you soon thanks Doc